You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Doing so doesn't cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked-on rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. On tonight's episode of the podcast, we are going to be doing a couple of things. For one thing, I had a message that I wanted to share with all of our listeners before we talk about Winnipeg versus Toronto. This game is indeed the last game of the regular season, and Winnipeg will then transition to the postseason next week, which should be somewhat interesting for the Jets. They'll be facing the Edmonton Oilers. You know how I feel about the series. Not really looking forward to it in the usual sense. I think by now most people have sort of set their expectations for a playoff run pretty low. I think we all kind of know where the Jets stand. Winnipeg itself seems to recognize it's not the strongest of teams. And this opponent that they're going to be facing seems to have figured out their, their battle strategy and has their number on almost every single game. That aside, though, I did want to talk about Winnipeg's last regular season game, and if in fact we can glean anything from it, maybe the Jets get a little bit of a positive momentum boost, maybe they show us some really nice things against what is still a pretty good Toronto Maple Leafs roster. Despite the fact that neither of these teams really has much to play for at this moment, they are still putting on a pretty decent show, and I think there are some important lessons to take away, namely that the Jets maybe are, are still the same team that they've always been. But hey, maybe they'll at least be a little bit more entertaining this time. Before we talk about Winnipeg versus Toronto, though, I did want to talk to you as my listeners because I, I wanted to say thank you. You know, I, I checked our record recently, and I have something like, uh, I want to say around 320 episodes of this podcast out. I've been doing Locked on Winnipeg Jets for about, I don't know, I, I would say two and a half years or so already, so it's been a really great journey. Certainly seeing the Locked on NHL Network grow has been fabulous. I've met a ton of really great folks here. Some of whom I already knew because, let's be honest, we all come from very similar backgrounds and some of us have come from the SB Nation family and a few other sports journalism sites and stuff, so social media has definitely connected me to a lot of our hosts. But most importantly this year, this podcast has nearly doubled in size in terms of uh, my average listener counts and stuff, and I really appreciate it. You know, there are a lot of people talking about hockey on a pretty daily basis, right? But when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets, it's a pretty niche community. This is a small team, and a lot of folks who are Jets fans tend to know one another. Certainly, I don't know every Jets fan. You you certainly can't, because it's it's still a large enough fan base that there are lots of people out there. But somehow you found your way to this podcast, and it, it's really cool that you're listening. You know, you, you could have stuck around and maybe listened to a couple of episodes and just sort of walked away. But if you're still listening, I just wanted to say I really appreciate you. It is actually kind of hard to do this podcast on a daily basis every week because, you know, oftentimes the Jets play pretty late in the evening. We all know how the NHL loves scheduling games with like 7 p.m. Central start times, sometimes 8 p.m. when they're feeling really frisky, and my time, that's like an hour even later for me. 
And even when I'm feeling tired and not really in the mood to record, still you listen and still, you know, sometimes you engage with my Twitter accounts and, and give me social media feedback. You talk about some of the content from these episodes. I really appreciate it. And, you know, going forward, I, I really hope to give you some content in the coming seasons that makes you excited. Maybe get some really cool interviews and stuff as we move forward and help you to explore Winnipeg hockey at a deeper level. I think over the past couple of seasons, I think my primary goal with this podcast has been to help talk about the Jets in a deeper, more intimate level, and certainly from a more advanced, uh, I guess, analytical perspective, something where you get a bit more insight into tactical stuff, maybe the occasional mention of statistical analysis, but something I think that is often lost in this sort of stuff, you know, you're ultimately trying to tell a story. And when you talk about advanced statistical analysis and deep hockey analysis, you really need that sort of visual aid. So when it comes to like podcasting and stuff, my job has always been to become something of an engaging storyteller when it comes to hockey. That you're still listening, still engaging with me, still discussing my opinions, whether you agree with them or not, just tells me that I'm still on the right track in doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it means a lot. You know, I, I've been through, I don't know, various positions and stuff in the past where I've written about sports or talked about sports. Maybe not so much in like a sustained role like this where I'm doing it every day, every week. But enough to where I'm feeling like, I don't know, maybe a little bit burned out. This is the the rare time where I've done it so often and yet still keep doing it even when I'm tired and feeling like I'm getting something out of it by engaging with you all that it it's really rewarding. And I, I wanted to thank you so much for staying by me, supporting me in this in this endeavor. I'll say that this has probably been personally, you know, not hockey related or podcast related. This has been one of the most challenging years of my life. I think for a lot of folks, COVID has changed many many things uh but you know i've had lots of personal stuff going on and it's been difficult right quarantine is very taxing on people and so sitting here talking to you every evening it's been something of a nice outlet it makes you feel a little less lonely that somebody's out there listening to you and responding either mentally or even on social media to your thought processes it's just really nice and it feels like we all share the same little corner of winnipeg jets online social media and content creation where we can all be fans of the same team and enjoy them together. You know, this season for the Jets, probably one that a lot of folks are going to think, well, maybe the team wasn't so great, but hey, at least they were a lot more entertaining than last year when they were just sad and depressing. And certainly for the future, there are some signs of brightness in some of our young prospects that are going to be coming up like Cole Perfetti and Vili Heinola. So with all of that said, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys. I know that uh, it's been a tough year for everyone. I think a lot of us have had so much going on, the world's changed, you know, even before then there was a lot of, of, of social injustice and things that I think were really important to discuss and, and think about and consider, and we've been able to touch on it on this podcast in the past, which is a, a really wonderful opportunity. Thank you for listening. I hope you all have been able to engage and think about everything that's happened over the past several years and really willing to engage with it in a new light. And most of all, thank you for just being around and listening to me. You know, it's been a crazy couple of years. I look forward to continuing my post here, and hopefully you all don't get tired of me anytime soon. With that, we're going to wrap up our, our talk about uh, sappy sentimental stuff and move on to, of course, Winnipeg Jets hockey. Before then, though, I wanted to talk to you about growth, and specifically growing your wealth. Stonks, memes, doges, rocket ships, flying to the moon, day trading, what does all of this mean? Even if you're slightly familiar or you're somebody with a lot of veteran savvy and experience when it comes to stock trading, you should create a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. 
Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trading, no picking stocks, no anxiously watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Again, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are starting to discuss the uh, the Jets versus the Maple Leafs after a slightly sappy intro. Thanks for listening as always. Now it's time to actually get to talking about hockey. And uh, tonight's game was basically meaningless, right? So both teams, they know where they stand in the postseason picture. They can't really change their positioning in the standings. And so now things are basically just calming down. Both teams are tuning up before their respective postseason matchups. And honestly, I I wasn't really sure what we would see with these teams because, you know, the Jets, they have some work to do. Toronto probably also feels the same way, but they do need to get, like, Jack Campbell some reps and get him back and warmed up. And the Jets honestly just need confidence and some sort of system stability because the past few weeks have been really rough for this team. You know, Connor Hellebuck, for the first time in ages, he's had a sustained stretch where he looks pretty mortal compared to where he was a couple of months ago. And that's that's kind of hard to do because this dude continues to save goal after goal. And honestly, this season, he's actually moved into certain models as like the first place goaltender in terms of like goal saved above replacement and stuff. So it's not like his recent rough patch is necessarily a reflection of his personal ability. It's more like, you know, at some point you're going to start conceding goals like Connor Hellebuck can't keep robbing every team forever. The Jets are going to have to give him more support. And so I was curious to see how they would do that in tonight's game against the Maple Leafs, which honestly, Toronto is a much more difficult opponent than Edmonton in terms of like roster talent and stuff but Edmonton we all know tactically speaking has a very specific game plan against Winnipeg and it works to a T. I was kind of hoping the Jets would sort of stretch play a little bit here which they actually did in tonight's game I felt like especially in the first period or so they were actually moving on really rapid counters they had a couple of decent looks here and there especially in the first period but for the most part I felt like the uh, the Maple Leafs probably had the better of the chances There were, like, two very specific instances, I recall, where, like, Jack Campbell made some crazy save. One of them was, like, on a point-blank opportunity on Paul Stastny, which, that that chance you would probably expect a decent goaltender to save. The second one, though, was on Trevor Lewis, of all people. Lewis had what looked to be a completely open net, and somehow, I think... Campbell maybe did like a rolling spin, maybe a scorpion save or something, and managed to get enough of the puck that it actually deflected off the post and away, which was pretty crazy. Toronto, for their part, actually had a number of pretty good looks at Hellebuck because the Jets' defending was not exactly great. You know, Austin Matthews and a number of other guys were kind of left open in the slot, which is not something you want to do if you're the Jets, especially against shooters who are this good. If you give Toronto any sort of space to work with, they're going to score. It's just it's just a thing with that top six of theirs. In previous seasons, they definitely had a stronger bottom six unit, but like now they just have like a slower, more defensively resolute lineup, I think. And, and it's, it's not bad, I wouldn't say, but I also feel like the Leafs aren't quite as fast as they used to be. And it does give the Jets occasionally some matchup advantages. I think tonight's third line was a very clear example of that. Lowry, Appleton, and Dominic Toninato were all really w- working well together. In fact, it made me wonder why we haven't seen more of Toninato. 
my impression of him when he got signed like a year or so ago was that Tonanato was actually a really underrated and, and savvy depth signing. This guy had been putting up pretty decent numbers, especially underlying offensive contributions and some defensive work as a fourth or third liner, I think, with the Colorado Avalanche. He's been around a couple of teams, if I recall correctly, but Tanenato definitely hasn't had all that many NHL games. Like I said in one of my previous episodes, his last game before this one, I think, was like his 86th or 87th career NHL game, so barely just over a full season of hockey. And he's certainly not young, but in this game, he actually had a very crucial assist. He basically stripped the puck off of somebody in the corner along with Adam Lowry and set up Mason Appleton as part of a whole really good forechecking sequence. Like, I had just complimented his ability and was saying, like, I think he's actually a pretty good bottom six creator. Like, I was saying, I was surprised that he hadn't actually been given more games as a Jet so far. You know, just a handful is not really what I would like to see because I think he's actually better than a lot of the guys currently playing on the third and fourth lines. And then sure enough, he has a direct contribution in helping to create a goal. And actually, it was quite an important goal because it was the start of the second period and Winnipeg was already down one nothing. They uh, conceded to Toronto in the first period on a nice Pierre Engvall snipe that was partially because Jordy Ben kind of pinched along the walls in the neutral zone and Pierre-Luc Dubois didn't realize he was supposed to track Engvall back and Engvall got the inside step and just beat him to Hellebuck. Hellebuck probably wants to have that save back, but... You know, I'm not going to get too mad at him about it. And then the team comes into the second period and, you know, Mason Appleton has a really good hardworking shift with Lowry and Toninato to get that first Jets goal and, and certainly a really important tying one. It's something you love to see and certainly a big thing for uh, that third line because Cop on that unit hasn't been as effective. So it's nice to see Toninato maybe making a case that, in fact, he should actually get some playoff games. Of course, the good vibes unfortunately did not last, and Toronto scored again. This one, a sloppy rebound from Hellebuck after a long-distance point shot by Muzzin. Ilya Mikhaev actually scored the go-ahead goal, which was kind of frustrating, but thankfully, you know, Toronto's defending not always great either, and the Jets had a lot of, you know, pushback pressure and stuff, and created a nice, like, two-on-one with Shifley and Connor, courtesy of Wheeler working along the wall inside the defensive zone. He ended up springing Shifley through the neutral zone, and it found a nice two-on-one that Connor ended up finishing off. So overall, a nice uh, bounce-back goal that tied the game, and honestly, I'd have to say, like, the Jets were not really great, but this was an alright performance. Certainly a pretty even back and forth game. Not really sure what the expected goals are going to look like for both squads. I'd honestly imagine Toronto having a slight edge, but you know, both teams I thought played competent enough hockey, both teams had some defensive issues, and both teams were actually creating some pretty decent chances in the slot. So overall, not a bad game from the Jets. We'll see how they finish it off in period number three. Before we move on to the finale of this game, I did want to tell you about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Longtime listeners of this podcast already know that I'm a huge fan, but if you haven't really heard about Built Bar before, it's fantastic because it's more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Their current selection includes nine delicious flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, and several others. You can always pick one of those flavors to try, but if you want to get the best of both worlds and get a sampling of all nine flavors, be sure to get the mix box, which gives you two bars of all nine flavors. Also, make sure you're sub to notifications from Built Bar because they often have very limited time, limited quantity, special flavor releases that, to be honest, man, some of these are just to die for. Churro Puff is one of them. There's a handful of others. If you've had any of these flavors, you know exactly what I'm talking about. As good as Built Bars taste, though, they're even better for you, with most clocking in between 130 to 180 calories, 18 to 19 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bars are the only guilt-free candy bars you'll ever eat. And to place your order, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, pun totally intended, and you can track all the home runs at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and so many other fabulous sports. All the sports your brain can possibly handle. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and check out all the great contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action as all of your favorite sports teams prep for their deep playoff runs. Go to BetOnline.ag to register for your free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a 50% matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Start winning today. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are wrapping up tonight's game with some thoughts from the final period of regular season action, and the Jets actually came out with a nice little 4-2 win. The game-winning goal was actually a beautiful Kyle Connor snipe courtesy of a pretty solid slot movement from Blake Wheeler as he cut across the space between the top two face-off circles and actually found Connor for a beautiful snipe, but this one is honestly all on Kyle. He's kind of had a habit of missing the net as of late, so it was really great for him to see a a corner that was just absolutely picked. You couldn't go any better, even more accurate than what he did. He just, I'm out of words to describe how great the shot was. It was just dead on, extremely accurate, extremely rapid, and the kind of release that we've been missing from KFC over the past few weeks. I know that, you know, his shooting percentage regressing for the past few games has probably pissed him off because goal scoring is a thing that he loves to do. Over the last two to three games, though, he's finally hitting pay dirt and putting it into the back of the net, which really can't come at a better time. Overall, like offensively, that line has started to cook a lot more frequently, and I think Blake Wheeler not being as immobile as he was earlier in this season is helping a lot. He actually looks like he's able to keep up a lot more frequently. The defensive issues are definitely still very present, and something that I think Winnipeg is going to have to figure out how to work around, because, you know, CSW, not really a defensive stalwart in terms of marking, or even just tracking back the guys that they're supposed to be uh, essentially shutting down. It's good that they are creating more even strength offense, because otherwise, they're probably not going to be that useful, and I I do worry about matching them against McDavid's line. Every time Shifley goes out against McDavid, Connor is always going to win. It's just a thing, you know. No matter who you put out there, you're going to suffer some kind of damage against McDavid. It's just how he is. But I'd honestly prefer the Jets to not use their worst defensive line against that unit frequently because, you know, obviously Shifley can't keep up with McDavid's unit, and neither can Connor or Wheeler. So, I would prefer that McDavid's line go against a pretty healthy dose of multiple Jets units if possible. I think the Jets are going to have to deal with like the the last change thing with the Oilers. So it is going to be an issue for at least a couple of games. But, you know, if the Jets are wise and can actually roll and cycle their four lines, um, that'd be wise. That'd be great. I think that would help a lot. I think the Jets would be able to at least withstand some of that McDavid pressure enough to survive to Edmonton's other lines and win those battles. For this game against the Leafs, overall, I just thought it was a pretty solid performance. The end of the third period was probably Winnipeg just sitting back and letting Toronto take all the shots and try and chase the game. Not really surprising. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, I thought, was actually very sharp in net, made a number of great stops. Um, As far as, like, MVPs on the night, I'd have to give the MVP award to, like, an entire line. That third line with Toninato tonight was fantastic. And their forecheck and and chaos creation, especially around the crease, really allowed other lines to kind of do their thing and get into space. It definitely wore down Toronto's defense, and I felt like 
Toninato's addition to that unit over Cop really made a nice difference. I really like Cop, obviously, but I do think he's probably more suited to being like a, a regular center rather than being tasked to be Lowry's wing. Toninato just seems like a much more natural fit, and I'd like to see him get more ice time. I think he actually does deserve a spot in the postseason, certainly over somebody like Nate Thompson. If you make your fourth line Toninato, Lowry, and uh, Trevor Lewis, that's just a really dominant unit and one that you could actually roll out more frequently, um, certainly than what it does now. I don't know if Toninato is more than just a couple of games kind of guy for the Jets, but I would like to see him around a bit more. I think he actually showed quite a bit in his recent debuts, and I think he's done enough to impress me for a roster spot, which you don't have to do much these days, but by the same token, still have a pretty good showing, which I think Toninato deserves all the credit for. The Jets had a nice 4-2 victory, so overall I'm pretty pleased with the effort. Hopefully the Jets can do the same thing against the Oilers. We will find out next week as the NHL playoffs begin and our coverage starts as well. For tonight's episode, though, that will do it. Before you log off, though, there is a podcast you need to check out. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked In Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.